0: Good morning, Taylor. How are you?
1: Or afternoon that's for you? Too bad. Yeah, <laughs> afternoon. Yeah, it's just
0: started. How are you today? I am doing well, thank you. Yeah, it's Monday morning yeah. here, and uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's morning by your side. Yeah, not, uh, almost nine o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> oh, that's fine. oh. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. This is good. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, I'm excited about uh, getting to talk about about your work today and getting to know you as a writer I mean outside of what we've already talked about so this is great are you uh, are you ready for uh, our, our big exciting interview because I can do my intro <laughs> and we will get right to it you can
1: go anytime you wish <laughs> okay excellent Let's
0: go. excellent Let's hey, everyone see. this is mark justice and welcome back to between the lines today we have very special writer and friend Taylor Harding Jenkins Um, and I think Taylor's gonna have a lot of great things to say Taylor welcome to between the lines hello Mark how are you today doing wonderfully some of you may remember Taylor from our wonderful panel we had uh, a few weeks back on pride month and um, so I'm really excited to get to talk to her and talk to you Taylor about your writing and um, so so let's get right into it Um, let's let's I like to start uh, start with like big picture questions and kind of get to know a writer and looking back, um, you know, as writers, usually what we all have in common as uh, being readers. So who are some of your favorite writers?
1: So, well, favorite writers, to be honest, I'm not like reading a lot of fiction, which is like kind of, you know, like uh, in contrast to what I'm actually doing, I'm mostly, I'm mostly like uh, reading like uh you know like kind of like uh i mean obviously of the classics such as uh french writer victor hugo um emile zola as well uh these are like my favorite like kind of readings but I mostly like reading non fiction uh, recently, I've been like reading The Prince, which was like kind of, uh, you know, like uh, The Prince of uh, Niccolo Machiavelli, which was, yes. uh, uh, you know, like kind of like, I, basically like every head of state have like <laughs> read like that book. It's, uh, I mean, it's essential reading. As, yes. I mean, even myself as a manager it kind of helped me like, you know, like in my uh, professional life. So it was like uh, interesting reading. Uh, other than this, um, I love, like, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Uh, it's, like, kind of, uh, actually, like, because it, um, like, obviously, like, the Tulu and everything, it is, like, my favourite, like, uh, fiction writer, but I'm not really into, like, writing fantasy. I'm not really, like, very familiar with the psychological uh, thriller universe, even though I'm, like, writing in this mostly so uh yeah i'd say that i i kind of uh, just like music i kind of have like eclectic tastes you know
0: yes um i i like machiavelli it was a a portion of his essay his book i taught to my english classes and Mm -hmm. um some of them were really taken by i mean his argument is makes sense but he's very pragmatic You know, it's better mm-hmm. to be, better to be feared than loved. And fear is a prime yeah. motivator, you know, and lo- love can be bought, but fear that's genuine. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, Lovecraft, I'm a, and Lovecraft is another thing I, I would often have my students read and yeah. they would, uh, they struggle with the language. It is a dense language. His style is very dense, but his stories are yeah. so wonderfully written. The
1: the thing is, like, when I read the Necronomicon, like, both in English and in French, uh, it was, like, kind of, like, quite different, you know? Like, th- there was, like, actually, like, very different. And the thing with Lovecraft is, like, he was, like, actually a very talented writer, but misunderstood. And uh, that's the thing with him. Like, he, he literally had, like... A, I mean, he had, like, a very short life, and he ended up, like, completely isolated, and it was, like but he is uh, he's, um probably like one of the the
0: certainly like one of the best writers
1: of all time in my very opinion
0: um, yeah, and so much the the amount of work he put out in such a short time reminds me of some of the other pulp writers, like Robert E Howard, who created the character of Conan, mm-hmm. and you know they were they were yeah. they were pen pals and friends um, and they were both very kind of troubled individuals who mm. who had short lives you know yeah. so yeah but to yeah there was just something about Lovecraft his his fiction mm. and that kind of vagueness to his language which yeah. just really picks at the imagination you know mm. yeah. yeah
1: yeah with Lovecraft you go straight to the point I mean it's like uh it's like if I if I'm like uh right reading like a book it must be something that takes me away like right right away you know what I mean sure otherwise
0: I get it yeah if you've never read Howard uh, Robert E. Howard then I, I would uh, suggest he he's, he does write some Lovecraftian fiction um, because of mm-hmm. his friendship with love with Lovecraft so yeah. he does write horror but he he's mostly fantasy you know kind of mm-hmm. a sword and sorcery kind of thing but if you want something yeah. to take you pull you right in immediately the his Conan stories will do that yeah uh, yeah very good that's that was foundational to my uh, to my teenage years um but speaking of growing up what were some of your favorite books that you remember as a child uh and growing up in your younger years reading what were some of your favorite books that you think maybe have been foundational to you
1: oh uh so basically when i was a kid i loved reading uh Roald Dahl, um, obviously british writer charlie and the chocolate factory the movie was great, well uh, Johnny Depp was amazing, but it was like the, the the book of my childhood uh during teenage time i didn't really read that much i mean like i, I mean I read a lot I, I mean when I mean a lot i mean like a, a few like it was mostly like short stories. What I was mostly into was like you know like uh classicals and uh you know like uh, books uh, I mean for me like, I think like a book is something that must bring you something like knowledge or whatever uh, I read like a lot of scientific books. obviously I read a lot of piloting books like books written by pilots obviously because <laughs> I'm one of them so uh, <laughs> it's uh, it was like uh, these books that literally transcended me transcended me the most and uh um, there was a, actually like this book, uh, I don't remember the title, but it was like written by the, the by the, it was like the pilot of the first French woman that went to space. It was a pilot and it was like writing like a kind of big encyclopedia about like, uh, you know, like piloting and stuff. So it was, it was actually like very, like this book was like, uh, and I lost it like when I moved uh, when I moved uh, like recently and it really, really annoyed me and uh, <laughs> there was like something like one of the, the few books uh, i read i also read like the art of um, the art of war by uh, sun tzu obviously another classic um what else uh yeah the art of war was like um uh, and i also read like a lot of um books about like uh, you know these like alternative sciences such as like uh NLP um, hypnosis. I tried to actually like learn a lot, you know, like from uh, uh, manipulators, because basically I'm writing the story of a master manipulator. So I have to like learn a lot. And this um, this was like mostly my teenage readings, uh, I'd say, uh, not that much fiction. So obviously I tried like uh, Harry Potter. I never liked it to be honest. I mean, I've never been like a fan of J.K. Rowling. Um, uh, And yeah, pretty much that was it. It was like mostly like, you know, scientific books, um, piloting, uh, and everything like this.
0: Yeah, I'm with you in Harry Potter. It's just, there's nothing attractive at all to me there. Um, I just don't care. I'm more intrigued by her story and, and thinking that's a wonderful story to go from being homeless To being Mm. the first billionaire writer, Um, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, you know, but um, but uh, no, no,
1: even that there's nothing like I try to actually there's nothing like immersive in. I mean, there are probably like some people that love Harry Potter and I respect that, but it's I've never been like really immersed by Harry Potter. I've never been like really like a big fan of jk robin so that's
0: uh... yeah i think it's the subject matter it just i, I just don't mm. care about a bunch of kid wizards it just doesn't there's nothing in here to connect to me and then that's okay yeah. you know we don't mm. you know you, you like what you like and um yeah. i mean i'm okay with that you know i i've seen some of the movies because it was on tv and my wife's a fan mm. and and i'm i was like i just i just can't yeah. i just can't care <laughs> I, there's just nothing in here that this makes me feel any emotion at all (laughs) other than like "Ah," you know yeah "Ah," and that's okay
1: i love i love stephen king as well Uh, stephen king was like actually like one of and it's like the kind of, we are kind of like similar in like writing or like kind of together, like uh, saying aloud, you know, like what people think, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought King would be the first billionaire writer, to be honest, because he still sells, you know, tons of books and all this movie mm. deals and everything else that he's done. You know, like everything he writes gets yeah. turned into a movie for better mm. or worse. Um you yeah. know, like like the Gunslinger or the Dark Tower. That was an example of something mm. that should not have been done. Um, yeah, you know, because he's got the these Green giant. Line
1: was the one that literally, like, uh, I think, was a masterpiece. Even the film was excellent. Yeah, the uh, film—it's
0: it, hard to watch. Like you, for me, those kinds of movies—it's yeah. the emotional, the emotional toll that it takes on you. Yeah. Uh, so mm. I will watch this movie once, but I don't think I ever want to watch it again because it's just too hard. It takes too much out of me. Um, it's, it's, it's a great film. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's different than like important films like Saving Private Ryan. I think it's an important film. Like every, I think every students, everyone should see this movie. Um, but it, it is just, it is not enjoyable. It's not for entertainment because it is brutal and it Mm. is heartbreaking and just crushing. And, but it is, it's important, you know? Yeah. But, um, Yeah. I, I haven't read King. I, I st- I tried to, there was one of maybe the regulators. I tried, I tried reading. Um, I just couldn't get into it. The last, I think, novel I read of his, this is ancient was Pet Cemetery, like 1983. Mm, yeah. And I loved it. You know, I was seven sixteen 16 at the time. So let's talk about your fiction. Uh, you write psychological thrillers. Um, mm-hmm. That's what your, your, your work is now. So, to you um you know what makes a good psychological thriller story
1: so uh first that must be like a, a badass character like uh, literally like the the character must be like you know someone like very specific actually for like three expensive lives i didn't really inspire myself from like all the um other psychological freedom's books but i mostly inspire myself from like uh, tv shows uh uh you take like um someone that you know like uh completely like is not outlaw but doesn't care about like the conventions uh like clearly a, a person with like a huge social behavior is like someone for me that makes like the most interesting part of it after like this person must have like a specific skill for example we recently saw like uh, the mentalists on the tvs we show like uh illusionists and um i've been like trying to write the story of a master manipulator because like um, after all, uh, I mean, obviously when you say like about someone that uh, he or she is a manipulator, it's not really <laughs> usually like not really nice. But I've been trying to like, you know, kind of democratize the thing. Uh, I want to show that manipulators are like just like people with like uh, psychological tools that are not necessarily evil, Um you know what I mean. Uh, it's um, and this is what I've been like trying to do, like in uh, free expensive lives, uh, trying to uh, show that you can be a manipulator without uh, being an asshole, pretty much. Uh, for example, like my main character is using like a sk- a manipulation skills to try to save a girlfriend out of a human trafficking scheme, and so that this is what like the story is about, and um, so this is what makes. Uh, for me, like first the character, probably like the city and everything. I mean, it can be like a master, master manipulator, you know, in the Middle Ages and still making like an amazing story. Um, obviously, like in the Middle Ages, like kind of different because like uh, there was not like that much uh, knowledge about like psychology as there is today. Um. But it's like you know, like one of these things. Like the character must be like the essential piece of um of the book, uh, the the flagship of the book, pretty much. Like um in the in three expensive lights, it's all about Charlotte. It's not all about the rest and uh, her skills and the fact that she must be like you know uh, cold blooded. Uh, She must also be like kind of um you know like fearless. Uh, someone completely fearless. That's what I think must make a great book.
0: Nice, excellent. Uh, you also have an autobiographical novel where you yeah you talk about your life and as a, a trans woman, and yeah, um, how important was it for you to tell your story? Um, I mean, because you know to to write about that. I mean, yeah, let's talk about that. How, the importance of writing that book for you uh,
1: well it was like i mean it was like uh, uh it fell from venus was like basically a book that i wrote um i actually wrote that book like a long time ago and i kept it in the closet for a while and uh, one day uh i think it was like just uh, following like a message on instagram actually i've been approached by a journalist who wanted me to talk about like uh, my transition because uh, by the time I was anonymous I actually like uh, came back as a transgender uh, without obviously showing myself and um, then so then I wrote that article for her and I was like I decided to actually like I talked to my wife about this and I was like oh why not like taking back like if I'm from Venus but in the beginning it was written in French so I had to translate it into English. Uh, which was actually like much more complicated than it was initially because like uh, even today still like from people who are like reading the book uh, they're telling me that uh, it's like not always like easy to follow due to like your translation that I did myself and everything. Um, well, the structure of French so- is a little
0: different than the structure of English and it's not as nearly as idiomatic.
1: It is. It is.
0: And it's uh, especially like when you
1: have like to uh, translate like uh, things that are like proper to French and proper to English uh, expressions as well, uh, idiomatics and everything. It's really like, um, it's really different. And uh, so when when I started like translating the book and editing the book, I was like, then why not? Uh, And I wanted to make, to publish it, like, to, um, you know, like, because, um, I mean, nowadays there are, like, lots of books about, about, like, transgenders coming out. But I was, like, why not bringing, like, you know, my stone to the building? And uh, this was why it was, like, important. And actually, it's been, like, nearly a year that I published it. So it's, uh, I had, like, for now, positive feedbacks about it. Um, like uh, even like recently someone like marked it at like five stars and I was like quite happy with that so uh, whomever is that reader probably is like uh, hearing me now uh, thank you very much <laughs> uh, but yeah it's um, it's uh, it was like um, I, I actually came out as it was like important to me to actually like speak a lot about this because uh, it was like a therapy now, in a way and uh, and I was like, this story is not meant to like remain in the closet, you know. It must be like something that we must talk about it. It's like an important topic.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think ultimately writing is cathartic, no matter no matter what shape it takes. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we always invest something of ourselves into our stories to some degree, and sometimes the topics and what we write about it is a vehicle for us to kind of process emotions and emotional baggage and yeah. dealing with things in a way that's very therapeutic, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, my, my first two books were like that in a, in a lot of ways, dealing, you know, very much so. And well, the first three actually. Yeah. Um, now that I think I about like, huh, that's right. My third one.
1: Um, I yes. think, to read your books by the way yes you (laughs) do to read your
0: books (laughs) i'll I'll be happy to send you copies yeah you don't Uh, do you you don't mind pdf do you is that okay okay it's fine (laughs) i'll be happy to send them to you um so yeah i I can see that the importance of that it's and it actually you know i bring that up only because what when i started thinking about it I, i struggled with my fourth book um And realizing because I wasn't trying to process anything, you know, I was just trying to tell the story and I felt like nothing, like an absence of emotion when writing it. Like I could tell that some of the words I was writing were good words, but I only had, I think I wrote, I wanted to write the book in a month. It's a, it's a pulp. And Mm -hmm. so there was like one day of writing where I actually felt something like, okay, today's a good day. You know, I've written like 4,000 words and I feel really good about it. I'm on a roll and every other day was just like, i have no idea if this is any good or if it's garbage you know i can't tell well, yeah so, and I, so, it was weird
1: surprisingly it's the way i wrote like he felt from being basically when i wrote it it was like uh, not in the, the form of like writing a book when i wrote it it was like under the form of a newsletter for example it's why like um it's not like divided into chapters but it's divided in two days and it was like day one day two day three day four and it was like in stories and I used to send it to by email to my friends and uh, I had like feedbacks. Uh, obviously, when it was sent, it was like sent in French, so it was not sent in English. And uh, as I had like good feedbacks from this, I was like point not publishing it. And uh, but yeah, it was like actually like challenging because, you know, when you're like writing something that is like quite intimate as your personal life, it's... Um, much harder to actually like put words into like some uh, things that you could be proud of and something that you could probably not be as proud as, you know, Um, for example, like my previous relationships, it's like kind of, you know, exposing yourself and uh, it's really hard to go like into publishing actually.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, when I wrote my books, there was only one person other than myself who knew that I was using these as a vehicle to process deep emotional mm-hmm. States. That was my wife. Cool. She knew, she knew why I was writing these books, but yeah. I was careful to craft the story and build within mm-hmm. the first one, especially this character whose life was kind of mirroring my own, but she, the, the combination, of, there's an omniscient narrator, and then there's the voice of the character who kind of finishes the narrator's thoughts. And so she's mm. this ongoing consciousness in the story. Yeah. And so sometimes she gets a little too much in her own head because she's just trying mm. to figure things out. So that was, that was the vehicle that I used to process. It was just yeah. my stream of consciousness. kind of As she's trying to figure out what to do with her life, I was doing the okay. same. You know, and, and whereas my second book, there wasn't that stream of consciousness, it was just fueling a more fine point, Mm. um, a different emotion channeling, but it was pure, you know, my second book I love is my favorite, Uh, Gage Mm. Black, Hell's Revenge, it is just, it's the first time I put everything of me on the page. You know, yeah, all the words. You know,
1: it's yeah. it's it's actually the thing I'm currently doing with uh, free expensive likes Now I'm writing like the second opus, which is to be published in 2024, uh, which is like uh, basically in a year and a half. And uh, I went through like all the, because the first one I went through like some events that I lived, but you know, like in the headlines pretty much. But now I'm going like kind of like deeper into like worst traumas that I had to face in my life. And uh, it's kind of feeling like, you know, it takes you like to the bone, you know what I mean? It's probably just, like, as you described, like, in, like, the the way you were, like, building your books. I was, like, actually, like, putting everything on paper. Um, I mean, like, the first one are, like, very lengthy. I'm, I'm, like, kind of... I don't really like writing, like, short stories. Uh, I'm more, like, into, like... If I have to, like, read a book, it must be, like, a big book. Otherwise, what? there's no point, you know? Um, and uh, I know that it's not, like, what's on the market right now but it's yeah. uh it's uh, uh first of all I'm writing for myself you know like sure. I'm writing to like heal inside um
0: yeah that's the first th- it's that's ultimately what we all have to do I think as as writers is write for ourselves i mean yeah i i know people who write to market um mm. but that's not me I, I can't i can't do that i have to write a story that i have to connect with it and i have to feel something At some some level, I'm not just going to be churning out words because I think it's going to be a seller. That's like hollow, you know, but maybe Mm. if I had been writing much longer and I was just used to the concept of writing eight hours a day and I could just crank out anything I wanted, maybe that would be different, you know. Um, Mm. But that's not me, you know. I mean,
1: mean, it can be like different because I'm like writing literally any day, any time. So it's... uh, Sometimes I'm taking like some stuff, sometimes I'm like just uh, it depends on the mood and obviously the time I have, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, for like most of the things.
0: Um, are there any other genres that you would like to write? Do you think (sighs) you want to try your hand at some some cosmic horror? Um,
1: I actually tried to write a philosophical essay recently. Um, about, like, um, you know, like, going into, like, these motivational speeches, um, uh, never give up, and all these kind of things. But, yeah, this is, like, the non-fiction part. Uh, For the fiction part, I actually, like, recently, like, had a project with a friend and we were, like, trying to go, like, into, like, uh, politics and stuff uh politic intrigues i mean it's kind of close to like my actual general like as it is mm-hmm. but uh going into like politic intrigues um um you know like vamp- vampirism and things like this um
0: it's kind of one of the same right politics and vampirism are kind of similar yeah. <laughs>
1: in a way yes yeah. but yeah um Yeah but uh, I was like uh, thinking about like going into this but I mean it's like you know like depending on the, the mood and how I feel like sometimes I feel like writing like some stuff sometimes what I'm mostly writing is like short stories I wanted to like write something probably like I would publish it like at some point you know I still have like Many stories in the closet, like waiting to be like exhumed. So it's, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's like, yes, uh, recently, like, I mean, like, for example, like in 2010, so I was like 16 or something, I wrote like a historical romance. So it was like something like completely different to what I'm like currently writing, like now. Um, and uh, but what I'm like trying to do is like building like the story of a family. And uh, for example, like uh, Charlotte Kominsky is like the, the descendant of uh, the character I wrote like in this romance. So it's like kind of like you know trying to build a link, you know, between characters. And uh, and so that's uh, that's pretty much what I'm what I'm trying to do. Like mm-hmm. going into January, I mean, I will see like what depends on like what I want and what I what I aspire to do.
0: Sure. What was it that made you want to start writing in the first place?
1: Uh, I was actually like very
0: young. It's kind of
1: complicated story. Uh, basically, I'm um, what is called, um, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know the term actually in English, but I know like in French it's called like something like high potential. Um, I've got like, uh, what is called like the absolute memory which is like I literally remember everything and uh, when I was a kid like I didn't learn to like write and count at school uh i did it by myself because school was too slow for me okay so uh when i was like writing i started like writing like i was like five or six like a very first short story it was like a can kind of, uh biographical about like mozart because mozart is like my favorite composer nice. um i could listen mozart literally all day uh his. i mean this his music is like just divine, it's, you know. It
0: is. It is. It's transcendent. It's, he's on my writing playing list. Yes. Yes. Is yeah. I mean, he's uh, is it, a god to me.
1: I think he's like uh, you know. I think at this level, and uh, so yeah, I I actually like listened a lot to this music, and uh, this was what like um, and I loved actually writing and. Uh, as I grew up, um, I went through, like, uh, many, like, uh, my parents' divorce. Um, I obviously went through depression. I went through, uh, uh, due to the fact that I am also, uh, I have the gender dysphoria, so it's uh, kind of, like, it pushed me, like, especially during teenage time, which was also why I started, like, trying to, like, Uh, in a way building some defenses against like trying to understand what was wrong with me. So it's why I read a lot uh, in psychology and I interested myself a lot on this. Um, And what pushed me to write actually was to actually uh, kind of uh, express myself. Um, The thing was, the thing is like when you have like gender dysphoria and you have like the absolute memory And you have, like, you are literally able to remember. Because, like, people think that having the absolute memory is fun. Uh, It's not. (laughs) It's far from being fun. Because you obviously remember, like, a lot of things. So, you tell me things once and I will always remember. Uh, You tell me. uh, uh, But the thing is, like, you remember, like, good moments. But you mostly remember bad moments. And you mostly remember, like, uh, for example, like, my memory was full of uh my parents arguing when i was a, when i was a kid uh well also like when i had like my first puberty as a man it was like uh it's hard to understand for people but it was a really big traumatic trauma for me it was like uh you know like the fact that i was becoming a person i was not thinking i would become one day uh was a huge huge trauma and it literally ended up like in a depression, depression of which I'm still not uh, fully recovered today um, and uh, so the, the fact of working is like my expression is like the place where I'm feeling good where I'm feeling myself where I can say everything, where I can be myself, where I can truly like um, express myself and be the person I am um, and the person not I want to be because obviously if I want to be like Charlotte, I would uh go into like big big trouble in my life. But um, you know it's like uh just be the like just like feeling like you know like a huge relief.
0: Yeah, no, so I I I get that. Um, th- that's interesting. Uh, and I guess terrifying because there are things as far as your memory goes there are things that we look back and and things that have formed us and our brain works hard sometimes to subdue those or forget those things because they are so scarring. We have the, we care the effects, but to remember everything um, goodness gracious, I'm glad writing at least allows you some psychic relief in a steam valve to kind of let some of that out Mm -hmm. Um, to that, to that end. I'd I'd like to talk about uh, your world building You know for your story um how do you go about designing your world
1: well it's a lot of um, past experience literally like like i said like you know with my memory i'm literally like my brain is my brain is like a Uber. you know Uh, everything that passes before me is always like remember and uh, used at some point and uh the fact is like, i'm using like a lot of anecdotes like from uh you know like what i heard and uh, everything to actually like build my character
0: um
1: it's like uh basically uh, for charlotte it's like uh, for example my wife told me like recently uh because like charlotte is like the, the character she's actually in literally every piece of work i'm doing uh she's like a uh, foreclosed. She is also in Eiffel from Venus for like the fiction part of the book. Uh, there's like a real part and a fiction part, but she's like um, in Eiffel uh, from Venus, for example. She's like the metaphor of my gender dysphoria. So um, it's like, um, she's like a kind of my alter ego, you know? Um, she's like myself, but uh, in another world. And uh, we are feeling like, you know, we are kind of like there's a link between us. And uh, I don't know if you see what I mean. Uh, it's quite hard to actually like explain. She's like my link in another world in a place where I am free.
0: Yeah, it's, it's your idealized uh, self. Your, this is the way the world should be in a way. In a, in a perfect world, yeah. perfect society, this is... In a perfect world, right. this is,
1: I uh, would be Charlotte, probably, yeah.
0: Okay, so she's your, I'm guessing, so she's your favorite character. Um, yeah. I because I was going to ask about characters and how you build them, but you kind of just talk about that. And also, <laughs> I, I always ask, like, which of your characters would you most like to have a drink with? Would you also say Charlotte? Actually, that would not be Charlotte. Because I figured uh, you know yourself. Yeah, which of your characters would you like to have a drink
1: with? I would have a drink with would be... uh, That's a good question, actually. That would definitely be like... Her name is Kelly. Uh, I would have a drink with her because she's exactly the kind of character that I hate. Uh, And it's uh, kind of uh interesting to actually like have a drink with someone with whom you have like differences because like from differences you learn a lot from people. Sure. And uh the, the thing I learned with like people who hate who hate me like mostly is like they are like the people who are surprisingly the most sincere with me. So that's the thing I love. Um like for example Charlotte is like Besides like mostly, besides who she is, she's like using manipulation, she's like using lies to ultimately get the truth. And uh, I think that would definitely be Kelly with whom I would have a drink with. Uh, Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, and what would be the first question you would ask her? Uh, The first question
1: I would ask her, I don't know, actually uh, um, why are you like this uh, why 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 are you like uh, yeah, probably like no, why, the hell, why the hell are you like this yeah. get, you get right
0: to the heart of the matter, no, no, that's good, that's good, yeah. um yeah, I'm not one to when I write characters i I don't I know other writers who who have like conversations with their characters and they they write really extensive notes about and they have these long like autobi you know character auto you know biographies and you know that's that is wonderful that's not my style uh process but I, when I think when I had to put that question to myself and I'm looking like who would I like to have a drink with and there are a handful of characters like okay, these are probably three or four I think would be really fun to talk with you know because as I wrote. Some of these secondary characters took on more of a role. Like, once I started writing them, I started like yeah. loving them more. Like, oh, I really, I really like this character. And I didn't expect to. <laughs> and I, so that's, I think, the joy of writing. And like, when a character kind of starts developing, and like, oh, yeah. okay, this is, this is fun. I want to keep, I want to bring this character back, you know, that, <laughs>
1: yes, yeah. The, the, the thing is like, I'm taking like characters like from different aspects of my life. Um like um, for example, like this Kelly is like the bad the bad person I am uh, Charlotte is like the person who is always seeking the truth, her girlfriend is like the protective side um and uh yeah, oh <laughs> and to be honest, it's like kind of hard because I would love to have a drink with all of them, and uh they are like probably like different questions. I would ask, uh, uh, for example, Claire, who is uh, Charlotte's girlfriend. I would, I would ask her, like, how do you do, like, to actually, like, you know, like, be with her? Like, <laughs> she's horrible, and uh, still you love her. Like, why? I mean, <laughs> so, yeah. But
0: yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's that's great. That's great. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about now your creative process uh, in uh, different areas and um, how you develop your plot. You know, so how do you go about plotting? Um, are you, well, I'll just, leave, I'll, I'll just leave it at that and let, and let you talk about plotting mm-hmm. and, and creating plotting. a story.
1: So plotting, I'm not really plotting. I, must, I mean, I am kind of plotting, but just the big events uh for example I've got like events scheduled I mean I had like now because like the book is published and it's like finished like uh events for like the, the first opus which are like unfolded as they are then I've got like events for the second one then I've got events for like I have like the the starting point and the finishing point and in okay. the end I have to go through like uh it's like you know like a race pretty much like you're like just walking like from a to b like uh you're going from like an airport to another and you just have to skip the clouds So you're, you're you're <laughs> like a
0: minimal plotter. You're not and you're not a true panzer, or do you think yourself is yeah. more of a true panzer? Have you heard those terms? Uh, pantser and plotter?
1: Yeah, well, am um, I wouldn't say um I I don't know what what do you mean by panser? Panser is
0: someone who just starts writing with an idea of a story but they don't know how it's going to what's going to happen they just start writing and the story tells itself as they work their way through it whereas a plotter is someone who comes up with the stories like i'm a plotter so i i i know what's going to happen in the story i rearrange it i have everything listed down in the order so i know exactly what is what's going to happen at any given moment so i'd say
1: i'm more like a Uh, A pencil, yeah but the thing is like when I'm writing a chapter I'm actually like writing it in a in a very different way I mean for example I'm not like writing like um, beginning to end I'm actually writing like first speeches then after narrative and um, so first like for example like my creative process is like I usually have like long conversations with myself where I imagine myself like being like my main character or interactions with like like other characters and so on and so on and then after i'm sitting back in my desk and i'm like okay i'm gonna keep this i'm gonna take the conversation like to this point and so on and so on and then after like following like the conversation i'm like uh for example like when the character say so i'm um, i i do not know like hey hello how are you and then i'm like putting like narrative there uh like uh about like how i feel like um how like my character feels, um, what she thinks about like the person who is in front of her, uh, the environment, what's around her and, you know, like so on and so on. And uh, this is how I'm like literally building the book. And uh, I've got like events. So I'm like scheduling usually like 10 chapters away. This is why my books are so lengthy because I'm always like, you know, like putting lots, lots of details uh, because I love like accuracy. I love to be like very accurate in what I write. So this is, yeah. And uh, in the end, like, uh, so I'm like usually like doing like in three, three periods. So like the first period is like the writing. The second period is like the editing. And the third period is like the publishing, which which is the shortest. Um, for example, I've been like in this series for like nearly 10 years. Like in the 9th of January, it's gonna be 10 years that I'm working with Charlotte. And uh, I've been writing like two books, and I've got like at least ten books coming. Uh, I've got like events for like the ten the ten books ahead. So yeah, that's how I'm like kind of like uh, processing everything.
0: Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, I, I was that was my next question was going to ask you about about your writing process. Um, what part of the writing process do you like the most?
1: I love creating. I hate editing. Um, I mean, I hate editing, but I love, you know, like, for example, I've been editing, like, uh, the, the, the first act of pre Place* at least four times because, like, in the end of the first time, the first round of edition, it was not, like, the result I wanted. Then after it was, like, something else. Then after... I cut the book into because it was like too long and uh, then I had like some stuff and some stuff and uh, I like um, basically when I'm like uh, writing like the book I'm like uh, making like you know like cutting like specific events building them and uh, in the end I don't know like how the book like looks like because i'm literally writing it like completely anyhow it's like you know like when you're building like um a house you're like building the house uh, you're building like the bedroom the living room the kitchen and everything but it's like you know you're just putting words and it doesn't give you like a clear idea of the final result. And it's like when I'm actually like editing the book that I've got like a real idea of what the book is going to look like once published. And then I'm like making like all the rearrange uh, and uh, everything to make sure that it's uh, readable and, uh, you know, like not repetitive and uh, everything. So this is how I'm like basically mostly working.
0: This is like one of the reasons why I love doing this This. Podcasts because of the finding out other writers' creative processes, you know, and yeah. we all start with an idea somewhere in our brain, and yeah. we all end up with a finished book, but how we go yeah. from there—they're there. there, it, there ev- yeah. Everyone is so different, and and that's that's what is so fascinating. Um it is. Because, because the pantsers drive me bonkers because like how I I, maybe because I'm an academic and I spent most of my life in academia, yeah. so I. T- I taught composition, and I'm talking. Th- you know, academic writing is very much mm-hmm. orderly, organized. You have points you yeah. want to make. You have to develop that. You know, transitions. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a very rigid well, of kind of structure. So, yeah. you have to, you're, you're arguing or defending a thesis. You know, you're making a point, mm-hmm. and yeah. so, and and the same thing. It's efficient as a student, as an academic, to yeah. to make outlines, and it's just it's very helpful. Mm-hmm. So, I carry that all into my fiction writing. So. Yeah. I mean like my current my current work which is the the second book in the cozy series like my outline's like 23 or 26 pages i mean it's just a really long outline um <laughs> but, but but that's including like dialogue and things that i will transfer yeah. but um you know and it's color-coded you know yeah so mm. but you know like what are the cozy elements or the mystery elements so that when i'm writing a section yeah. I'll, I'll keep in my mind, like, okay, this is what I really need to emphasize here. This is a cozy section. So I got to make it extra, yeah. <laughs> all the, you know, extra adjectives to make it warm and gushy and those things. And mm-hmm. so, but, but I know that process you know, when I've talked to other pantsers, um, mm-hmm. they said they get anxious thinking about a long outline. And I tell them it's the same, I get the same feeling when they start talking about, Oh, I got an idea for mm-hmm. the book. I'm just going to start writing. I'm like, ah, <laughs> how do they go, I go, how's it going to end? They go, I don't know. I haven't written it yeah. yet. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how, how can you do that? Um, so I, I find this fascinating that everyone is different in their process, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I will sometimes, I know the end of the book You know, sometimes before I write word one, you know. Um so I like I'm writing a a horror book.
1: I mean it's it's the same for Charlotte. It's -hmm. the same for Charlotte. I mean, I design like every single event until her death. And uh I know precisely how she's gonna die. Um and that's the interesting things with like uh writing a book is like you literally have a total control over someone's life uh for example that movie i loved with uh, dustin Hoffman, stranger stranger than fiction um it was like uh it's uh it's actually like the, the story of like a main character like he's like literally shaving you know like i love that scene it's like shaving and suddenly like you know like when he's shaving he hears he a voice like of someone telling uh he was shaving, but he didn't know that he was going to die today. And it's like, yeah, that's, for example, I told like my wife, for example, like if uh, I decide that Charlotte is going to hit a bus tomorrow, she can try like all the possible way to try to avoid it. She's going to hit the bus anyway. So that's. sorry
0: Charlotte. All right. <laughs> I mean,
1: uh, I'm not, I'm not planning that for her, but it's, sure. uh, it's, uh, it's like the, the thing, like you literally have like some, uh, it's, it could be like perverse in a way, but it's always like interesting to know that you've got like uh, someone that you know, like you're designing literally every single event that's gonna happen for her, and it's uh, right,
0: yes, yes, um, in in plotting my horror story which takes place in the same world in the same characters same town as my cozy Mm -hmm. mystery series which is one thing i'm really excited about it we have this really sweet and innocent charming series and then a horror novel with all those same characters where everybody fucking dies you know Um, (laughs) and i've been (laughs) like writing their deaths you know like oh my god this is gonna be horrible the readers are gonna be so upset about this you know and and i've literally written the end of the book like i know how it's going to end i'm like i felt the gut punch i'm like oh <laughs> so i'm i'm more excited about that i just need to write my cozy mysteries to get them out there yeah. so i can finish them off so i can kill them all off you know mm-hmm. um yes no no I, I get it i get it um so when you're writing you i think you've already you've already breached us a little bit but um you, you do research for your your books uh, a little bit right with the manipulation and you've done research so what what kinds of research specifically do you do when writing
1: so well it can be like literally anything from like uh for example like the second office takes place in paris so for example i i want to be like as accurate as possible so like for example sometimes i'm going like on the on the uh paris transport like a uh, website to see like how long it takes to go like from a place to another um i've been living in paris like just a few years so it was uh but still it was like a long time ago so i barely remember that i mean now that i'm 27 i mean it's uh, i lived when i was like 16 or 17 so it's <laughs> like uh, there was kind of uh water under the bridge um but it can be like for example a recent yeah, I've been like doing research it's about um, um, it was like completely silly it was like um, about like um, you know like the, the anesthesia gas like what's uh, in anesthetic gas and mm-hmm. uh, how to gas someone literally so I was like I just hope I'm not like you know like researched by the police because I think that they might like start questioning right. themselves over me yeah but, yeah like this is really for a book, eh? it's, yes, it's the yes,
0: right? Uh, no, I, I um... yes, no, I I get it. I, yeah, our uh, search bars, our search engines, yeah. So that's you have to get a, a VPN, you know, a private yeah. network. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I no, I totally, I totally, I totally get it. Because some of the things I've had to look up for yeah. for my books, I'm like, hmm, okay. You know, that's fine. I I get it.
1: Um there was this, what else? I made some researches recently about the uh near death experience as well. Um I'm not saying anything because it's like uh if like uh, some readers want to read like three expensive lives and want to read like the second, I'm not saying anything, but it was like actually like pretty really interesting to do that. Uh for example, like what happens when you stab someone or something like this uh it's kind of like lots of researches i mean mm-hmm. i'm like doing a lot um but regarding like uh, manipulation uh I'm not doing like a lot of researches because um i mean we are all manipulators uh <laughs> in a way or another, but some people are more skilled than others uh for example like uh when younger I uh, learned how to do hypnosis uh hypnosis and uh, ericksonian hypnosis as well i learned how to practice the nlp i know nlp is not like an accurate science but uh, hypnosis is uh, um, so yeah but it's been like years that i didn't practice because um you know like i've been like doing uh recently i've been like mostly like uh, focusing on piloting so it was like uh, more like uh, uh, non-psychological non things but yeah it was
0: it's a lot of researches yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, no I, I totally get that you have to make sure that mm. the details are accurate and the things that you write yeah. about especially in certain you know those realms because um, yeah. people who know those things are going to call you out if it's not right and yeah yeah i i don't i try to do depending on what i'm writing like my last book was set in the 1930s uh in haiti Mm -hmm. and near near haiti and so i did research into what was going on in the 1930s in haiti and um the Mm -hmm. climate and the soil and the relationships between the united states and haiti and then of course voodoo and Mm -hmm. zombies and uh, loa you know the religion of of voodoo. and I, Mm -hmm. i did that because i wanted to be respectful of the religion and do it right yeah. you know treat it mm. treat it correctly because one of the loa um Samity, the mm-hmm. kind of the lord of the dead um yeah. was is a main character in my story so i wanted mm. to get his personality right you know yeah. and um but it was fun though i the academic yeah. in me still loves to research and mm. still loves to find new things out yeah. um the trick is to just to give that information out without mm teaching or being you know it's like we want to do it subtly but just directly without without calling attention yeah. to it you know but be accurate oh, i get it yeah
1: no uh, yeah it's it's the same like i mean um i've always been like uh having like this uh pilot mind which is like as pilots we love to know like how things are working and um it's it's why i'm trying to be like as accurate as possible because um uh, we never know like I mean probably like my book is gonna like help someone or you know it's you you never know like what's in the reader mindset when he reads your work so it's it's always like um, and even like I've been like trying to like um, uh, I want to do like for example I, I'm planning to do like a ride along with the police because um, uh, like the second opus is gonna take place like in the police universe so that's the thing and to be like I think it's important to be like accurate when you're like writing a story because otherwise like you said like uh, being respectful and um, Charlotte is also like this kind of person you know who is um, always right you know like she's always like she has like the same like uh, absolute memory as I have so like um, if for example like Uh, you don't know like details about something you may like be asked for an idiot you know (laughs) so it's like first your credibility that is like in in place
0: and uh, obviously you know nice i'm going to switch gears here a little bit um what is your favorite time of day to write
1: oh i love writing by evenings um uh, once the once the after the sunset um but I mean I don't really have like specific times i mean like for example, my days off, I love to actually go like to my local coffee shop they are they are like you know independent like business, and I love sitting there because they've got like first obviously nice coffee um and I'm working in a coffee shop, so obviously like my taste of coffee is quite uh you know <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I've got like this, but some. I mean it depends, I love rainy days, rainy days for working are the best because like rainy days are, are like, you know, like when your inspiration comes and, um, and so you, I mean, for me
0: it's like that. Do you, do you listen to music while writing or, or have some kind of distraction in the background or do you need total silence? <laughs> no
1: no no i i need to be like uh completely isolated and i need to be with like my music uh um it's it can be like all kind of music I and mean, sometimes i'm more like it depends on the mood really it's uh sometimes it's like uh i can listen to like classic music when i write or uh, it can be like recently, for example, I've been listening to like French pop music or sometimes like hard rock, like sometimes like metal or it's like very deep, depending on like how I feel, you know, when I write mm-hmm. mostly.
0: Yeah. I think the music puts us into a mindset, a framework, yeah, a, a mental space that's yeah. conducive mm-hmm. to what it is that we're trying to write, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Part of the one of the characters in my cozy series is a is an autistic boy who runs mm-hmm. this radio station in town yeah from his from his house and mm-hmm. um, likes to play music from the 1930s and uh, so because I love that music too the big band the swing um, and oh. so i I have all these music from uh, my soundtrack that I listen to when I'm writing and a lot of like mm-hmm. Lionel Hampton who plays vibraphone and so mm-hmm. I will often put those songs that I'm listening to, like in the story, you know, as, as yeah. when the character comes up and kind of mention those things and mm-hmm. uh, it just, cause it kind of puts me into this nice headspace. And uh, when I wrote my last novel um, death's head, uh, cause it's about, you know, voodoo and zombies. Um, mm-hmm. I, I listened to voodoo music. I had a big five hour, like track of like yeah. Haitian voodoo drums and, and, and chants and singing. Yeah. And I, I just mm. put that on, just left it on for the, like yeah. the entire month that I wrote that book. I was like listening to voodoo music, like mm. five hours a day, you know, and um, it just kind of, it, I just kind of got into the rhythms of it. You know, I just kind of felt it and uh, mm. worried my wife a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but i I thought, it was, <laughs> I thought it was very helpful to make me feel like I was, Close in this kind of spiritual thing, yeah. So no, I I get that. I mean it's it's
1: the same with Charlotte. I mean Charlotte is originally, you know, like a posh girl living in the posh suburb of Paris. She's a millionaire, so she's she doesn't have like the thing is like she's so rich that she doesn't need to work her entire life, which is uh, my obvious dream, of of course. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I mean, who wouldn't be? But um, yeah, it's like, depending on like the mood, like when Charlotte interacts with like another character, she's like, you know, I'm mostly like listening to like some music of course. you know, like what the character makes and so on and so on. So it's uh, it's pretty much like this, how i work uh, with music at least.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, how often do you write or do you try to write?
1: Well, the thing is, uh I'm trying to work, write as much as I can on my days off because I'm like well well so I'm basically like uh, managing your shop. I mean right now I'm not really managing but um when I when I was managing like uh I used to write I used to have to have like this long long shift at work uh like at least ten, eleven hours a day like of you know like problems and problems. So it didn't give me like that much time to write. And when I was coming back home, I was just, like, too shattered that I just went to bed. And (laughs) and that was it. just getting myself ready for the next shift. But when I'm off, I'm actually, like, switching off everything. And, uh, uh, I mean, as a manager, I couldn't, but now I can. So I'm, like, literally switching off everything and just, like, writing, writing, writing. And I'm writing, like, during, like, these two days, um, going, like, to the coffee shop and just, like, staying, like, for... I mean, like last day, I went there. I started like I arrived like at ten, and I left like, at uh, five or six when they closed. You know, and they had to tell me sorry, we we're closing. So I was like, okay, sorry. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> it's like, like uh, yeah, I can be like you know, I, I can stay like. And uh, how often is like I'm trying to write like yeah, at least every week, so at least once a week. But obviously, with like the talent, it's like really impossible now. Oh, to... it's
0: it's hard to try to balance everything, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It it is hard sometimes, and you and you have to be in a, mm. in, a in a in the right mental place um, to write, yeah. especially if it's going to be real, and and have any kind of genuine connection to emotion or to something important. Mm. So, oh yeah, yeah, of course, you know, yeah, and yeah, and I know I I get that because um, mm. sometimes creativity, you know. Maslow's hierarchy of needs takes place. And if you can't be creative if you're worried about other base things. And yeah. um, no, so I, I totally understand that. Um, um, tell me how you felt about seeing your book in print for the first time. Oh, well, wow.
1: it was actually a very emotional moment. I was like, I had this in my hands and I was like, wow, this is real. This is my baby. This is my thing. And I was like, wow, Uh, I mean, it's when you have like your book, your book in print is like a time capsule, you know, it's like uh, you are going to expire one day, but this will remain after you. And I was like. Wow, um, especially when I sent my book to the British Library it was like also a big moment because I was like, my book is there, you know, and uh, it's part of uh, the British heritage now. Um, and yeah, when I when I had this, I mean, it was was like actually an intense moment. It was like uh, giving birth, uh, pretty much. I mean, I had like this, this this, thing in my hand. I was like, wow, um, this is like my work. And uh, I did it, actually. And yeah, I, um, I mean, that's how I felt. it. I literally, like when I opened the box from Amazon, I, I literally cried. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you know. I didn't film it because um, even my, uh, my wife wanted to actually film it like for me. but. I was like, no, no, no. This is like still like too intimate. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a very special moment. I get that. Yeah, it is, yeah. Have you ever read your work, your own work, a year or more after you published it? Like you set it aside and then you come back and read it like a year or two later?
1: Actually, no. No, no, no. I, 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 I I didn't do it. I didn't do it because um, I know that if I'm like reading my book, I will be like willing to unpublish it and change everything. So I prefer to leave it as it is, you know. It's like, I mean, to me, it's, I mean, I don't have like the same point of view as a writer than I used to have it as a reader. I mean, when I was a reader, I used to have like uh, this point of view as like, um, you know, this is like, uh this is this, this is fine, this is, I don't like that, I like this, but now as a reader, it's like really completely different. I mean, it's as a writer, it's like really different. I will be like, oh my God, I wrote this, I need to change this. And so it's why I'm leaving it like as it is. I don't really want to reopen it, now.
0: Sure, no, that makes sense. Because, um, you know, we, at every book we write, we're not the same writer that we were you know as we wrote yeah. the book um mm. and and i uh i mean cuz you know when you're preparing it and editing it and and it, you read it so many times you just kind of like yeah. once it's out in the world you just kind of let it go you know yeah yeah but yeah. it had been uh, since I when I started working on the second book of my cozy series i had to go back mm-hmm. and read the first one again because oh, i wow. just had forgotten so much I had, I had written three other books in between i'm like I don't, I don't remember what happens with who the character's names are, you know, (laughs) Um, except for a few, but there was, you know, and I was, what I was afraid of was getting a lot of these cringy moments like, Oh God, Mark, what the hell are you thinking? You know? And surprisingly Mm. there were, there were, were only a few that weren't necessarily cringy, but they were a little saccharine. I mean, it it was like, okay, I could ease down the sweetness here. Mm. Um, But there were there were more moments that I was surprised like, Oh, this, you know, this isn't so bad. I mean, you did a nice mm-hmm. line here, Mark. It's good for you, you know, but uh, <laughs> it was just a surreal experience because the, the overwhelming, the overwhelming mm-hmm. emotional part was I didn't remember writing most of it. Like I knew yeah. I wrote it because I was there at the keyboard typing away, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't recall, like, actively recall, remember writing most of this, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah. where did this come from? You know, like, where mm-hmm. in the world did all this come from? Because I'm, you know, at the moment you're writing sentence after sentence, you're just trying to get to the mm-hmm. place where you need to go, and yeah. when you see it in its totality, it's it's a whole different experience. But um,
1: uh, I I had the same feeling when I wrote the book. I was like, uh, the the feeling like that you described, like um, having like um. Having uh no remembrance of what happened was like, uh yeah, it's like you have this and you realize that you wrote this and it's um sorry, I mean, that's my wife in the back. That's fine. That's fine. Fine. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, you, you have like no remembrance of what happened and everything. So that's uh yeah, it's you wrote this, but you realize that you know it's
0: yeah, yeah. no, I get it. Um Just a few more questions, Taylor. Uh, What is your writer fantasy?
1: What do you mean, writer fantasy?
0: Well, most writers, like, have an idea when they write, they imagine an ultimate end. Like, if you could imagine what's the best case scenario for yourself as a writer, your books, like, what do you want to happen with them? I mean, do you, like your fantasy as a writer like do you want recognition do you want the sales do you want i
1: mean i want recognition yeah uh just like i would love to have to build a community around my book that's the thing like you know uh people like hide by talking about my book yeah that that that's that that's the ultimate dream yeah I mean, it's getting hard because uh, now that we self published books, so it's, there's a lot of competition. There's like a lot of writers, and uh, there's a lot of writers and uh, not that much readers. Unfortunately, now people are reading less and less. Yes. Or they are just like reading like books, uh, you know, like the labeled uh, New York Times bestsellers, which is. Um my point of view, but it's right. um, We've we've
0: talked a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For the people out there who may not know, you're you're thinking the New York Times bestseller list, like, oh my god, it's a bestseller. It must be really important. Kids, you only need to sell five thousand copies to make that list. It's which, which which is I mean, comparatively to most books which sell only a few hundred copies a year, maybe a thousand in their lifetime. I guess it means something, but it's not like mm-hmm. you got to sell like to get a platinum record in the music industry. You got to sell a million copies. You yeah. only need to sell five thousand. Exactly. You right. know, everyone's yeah. I can write a bestseller. Yeah. I mean, I'm it, almost it, there.
1: It's, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's <laughs> why when I when I published "He Fell from Venus," I actually wrote like uh, from the number one bestseller on my on my cover, just uh, for sarcastic purposes. Because, like, in the end, I was like, "Oh well, you know, it's like everybody does this, so why, why not me?" Right. I mean, I'm not a best-selling yeah. writer, but it was just like,
0: "I've I've seen so many books on Amazon that say number one in Amazon charts, this and that, I, because mm? you know, there's like there's a thousand different little charts in Amazon, like yeah, groups, yeah, yeah. subgroups, you know, like mm. when Toxic came out, my third book, it's a nonfiction uh, book, mm. and it it when I first released it, like within a week, it jumped to like 5,000 spots, like from mm-hmm. where I released it in, in this subcategory. Yeah. And it was still like mm-hmm. number 8,000 or something, but it jumped from 13,000 to 8,000. And I'm like, yeah. wow, that's a big jump, but it's still 8,000 in this category. You yeah, know? <laughs> so I think those things are subjective, but it's nice to, you know, mm. to have, you know, the, something but um no i get that so i mean my dream is to become like you know a
1: pilot uh air captain who wrote a best-selling book so that's
0: (laughs) nice okay good (laughs) well what advice would you give for anyone who wants to write well it's like the same
1: advice i would give to like anyone who starts piloting it's not because you're right you're writing like uh I don't know, age 20 or age 30 or age 40 or whatever. You can start anytime, and the most important is just enjoy what you do. Just uh because like um uh the the thing you are doing now will remain in the story. Uh you won't, but your book will go down in history. Um so it's uh it's the thing just like enjoy what you do as much as you can and that's it um that that's the advice I would give to anyone who wants to write um I mean not only writing just like anything in art or in life just like follow your dream because like in the end like uh, this is something I spoke to like one of my uh fellow writers it's like um if you don't like uh you you you're like the, the real the the director of your life you you are the director and the actor of your life uh don't let like anyone directing your life for yourself on your behalf just do what you have to do and uh, that's the thing if you feel like there's the right way to go then don't hesitate a second and go i mean it's there's always time to do things always all the time and uh I think this is the message I would deliver to like anyone who wants to write
0: It's a good message. We've only got two yeah. more questions. Um, yeah tell me about your current work in progress
1: so basically I'm like halfway um i I'm like in twenty five percent percent like actually like of um, completion so it's gonna be published probably like uh, by the beginning or mid 2024 because now there's a lot of things to do like i've got like a lot to do like uh literally between like work between uh piloting and everything i have to pass the license which is like taking like a big big step and a lot of uh to actually focus on so probably like mid 2024 um it's coming for sure it's coming but It's going to take like a bit, but for now, for sure, like nothing will change. I mean, the book is nearly ready as it is. Uh, I just have like one part. So it could be like faster, probably like end of 2023. But either way, I will announce everything on my websites Uh, and even on Instagram, like as soon as I've got like um, certainty that it's like ready to go. Good.
0: And this is my last question. You've kind of t- maybe uh, hinted at that. Um, where can we find your books?
1: Oh, you can literally find my book anywhere like Amazon. Um, I mean, they are literally everywhere, every platform. It's like Amazon, uh, Smashwords, uh, Waterstone, if you're living in the UK, Forbes as well. If you're living in the US, you can find it in Barnes & Noble. Uh, not in shop, but if you order it online, of course, uh, it's available in paperback, in hardback as well. I've got like the short version of a uh, free expensive Lies. rule so for like, so basically like free expensive Lies, I've got like two versions. There's the um, integral version, which is like the 290,000 K words.
0: That's a big one.
1: That's a big baby. But I've got the short version, which is called the highlight version, which is like um, 100,000 words. So it's like much easier to read. Uh, Same for like the second opus. There's going to be two versions, the highlight and the integral version. I think I'm going to keep that format for like uh, literally every new act that are to come so this is like the first act the second act is to publish by 2023 2024 there's gonna probably be uh Ife from venus 2 i still don't know yet probably at some point but we'll see and uh yeah but literally uh,
0: you can find my book anywhere. Um, yeah excellent taylor i want to thank you for coming on the show again to, um it's been really wonderful to talk with you and get to know you more and uh, learn about your creative process and and uh, (laughs) this has been great so thank you for coming on today my pleasure my pleasure well i'm gonna do my commercial and then we'll get out of here if you've been watching and listening to between the lines you can find us at unsaneradio.com you can listen to full episodes or download to your device you can watch us on our youtube page uh it's between the lines podcast don't forget to hit the subscribe button and you can find us on the OTEL Talk channel on Roku. If you know someone who would like our show, tell them about us. And if you're a writer who would like to come and join me for a chat, email me at Between the Lines 54 at yahoo.com, Between the Lines 54 at yahoo.com. And Taylor, here's my cheesy outro line. See you next time. Between the Lines. See you next time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs>